Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast, the wrist-tickling world of virology, brought to you by the dynamic duo of two Montreal watch enthusiasts. Enjoy dad jokes and bed puns as we deep dive into new releases, trends, reviews, and everything watch-related. Now sit back and rest assured you'll have a good time. And we are back. Dimitri just ran away because he clearly <laughs> forgot to be putting on a watch for the Watch Podcast. So I'm excited to see what he's going to be bringing us. But for you listeners out there, what we're doing this week, we wanted to take a stab, no pun intended, Dimitri, at um, some alternatives to the Swatch collaboration with Blancpain. Uh, I'm not going to call it Swatchpain. Nope, you won't hear me say that in a serious way. How are you going to call it though instead? <laughs> not Swatchpain. No, Swatch Bread? No, no thank you. Um, this watch came out. I thought from um, a design and maybe how careful they were and what they could do with a Blancpain 50 Fathoms, I like some of the details on the watch in terms of how uh, they had one color for each continent. They had a slug from each one of those oceans, not continent, each one of the oceans. Uh, little details like the 91 meters, which is 50 Fathoms. Yeah. Uh, some of the colorways based on the ocean. Really nice details, the, the no... Um, Water infiltration um, marker on the dial. Moisture indicator, exactly. Some cool little, and they weren't all the same. What I thought the moon swatch was like, okay, let's just, it was like a pretty much a copy of the the moon swatch. The colors were were spot on for Jupiter and Mars. Like, I thought that was great. But otherwise, um, a little, the colorways. The Mars mission was pretty cool, I think. Right, because it was a reference. Well, no, but it was like uh, the the, dial, the, hands the, the, the the hands were a little bit different. Uh, I think I that was the, the only one that stood out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, we thought, what would be some of some alternatives that you could get as opposed to getting this watch? And the route that I went was to pick one that kind of looked like it, one that had much better bang for buck at that price point, one that had the similar um, appeal. Uh, and then another one, I think, went um, super modern alternative. So before we do that, let's... Uh, oh, no, you're right. I'm looking at the moon swatch. There were some details. Saturn had a, the moods of Saturn. The sub-dial, the subdials are different because they were made after the, yeah, Alaska the project. Omega uh, Mars mission. Like actual Omega Speedmaster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and they have those little emblems on the back. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. They didn't jump out at me the details as much as the... The swatch with the Blancpain collaboration did. I thought that one really jumped out more. I think maybe because they used the automatic movement at th- at that time and the uh, open case back allowed for more maybe kind of cre- creativity and more features. But um, it's we'll get into extremely that. expensive. Yeah, you can get so much more stuff and much better stuff. And we'll get into that. What are you wearing? So I am wearing that I a watch that I put on way before we right. started recording. It was on my wrist the whole day. Uh, it's the Timex nice. QLCA. It's it's a cool watch. Like it's it's kind of like if you are thinking of maybe buying yourself like a Casio F91 or a variation of it, that is a very very good alternative because it's a bit there's a bit more heft. It's all metal. It's a nice cool like full digital yeah. screen. It's a nice it's a nice like easy wearable watch that you can just put on and you know go about your day not having to worry about like banging it somewhere it's it's a good it's a cool little nice watch that is let's say if it was a bit maybe less expensive from timex that would have been a perfect digital version of it very good what are you wearing i'm wearing a seiko skx 009 on the oem seiko jangly ghibli uh this is the j1 a really Great condition. I've kept it in really great condition. But it's a yeah. great uh, watch for the weekend. Call like that. Yeah. That would have been a great watch to buy instead of the 50 Fathoms if it was available. At that price point. Absolutely. I agree. Oh, hells yeah. I agree. Before we jump into that, do you got any news? Any releases? What do you yeah. want to talk about? On the more interesting uh, news, Jody from Just One More Watch has finally launched his own brand. It's called Airbus. Not Airbus. Erebus, and first watch, you might have guessed it, is a diver, a very, very Thule diver. Yeah. Thule <laughs> called right. the, the Origin by Erebus. Like Modelo Uno, right? It's the, the first one, so... 
Well, what I think makes it, this watch stand out, it's nice that, first of all, this watch is made by a guy who, you know, is a connoisseur of watches, I mean, like a really an enthusiast of watches. So it's a spec monster. It's super high quality built. It is extremely rugged in its appearance. I think that's probably the one part that is not necessarily my style, my cup of tea, but it appeals to a lot of people, is that pretty much every angle has a sharp edge. Every every surface has a sharp edge. There's not a lot of rounded surfaces here. It's it's a very like a rugged watch. Uh, it's made out of 316L stainless steel, 41 millimeter, 47 lock to lock, 20 like a very wearable 20 millimeter lug width. Very sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. 12.5 thickness only with a 200 meter water resistance. Mm-hmm. Now it's a ceramic 120 click bezel, super luminova, sapphire crystal. The watch is powered by the Seiko NH35, which is like a workhorse, let's say, of the lower tier movement from Seiko. But despite the official rating to be within what, like 30 seconds per day or something, they are doing a bit of a regulation they're regulating the watches a little bit on in in the, during assembly time so i think that's supposed to be within like plus plus minus 10 seconds or something per day however they can't as jody says they can't really guarantee this this is a, like a feature or a nice pleasant surprise in the watch so two year warranty i think it's starting now i think they crashed the shopify i saw in the news his page that there's so, so much offers so many so many purchases that uh, you yeah. couldn't hold and yeah, it comes on a native style silicone you can get, but also with the nice milled H-Link bracelet that you can get. It's all full, fully brushed, so it's it's a very, very tooly appearance for the watch. I think it's a very cool watch, and it's a spec monster for you, that you price. You saw the, um, the brand that I sent to you that was similar. I said it makes me think of, I think it's called the Vanatu by Helm. Yep. And Helm is like a very niche. So something you just said when you said he's a connoisseur, He's a connoisseur, I think, of that space. He deals traditionally, if you guys don't know him, you'll see him on his YouTube channel, Just One More Watch. He deals much more in the affordable space. He has AliExpress specials of what you can find, Cadisons, like he'll start bringing out spec monsters. He gets a lot of that sweet spot of $1,000, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars and under. He gets, he'll get more expensive watches on that channel too, but that's not what he primarily deals with. So, when you say connoisseurs, like he's handled all of them and he critiques them. He's like, nah, this should have been better thought of, but the screw down crown, but they didn't sign this, but the bracelet sucks, but this yep. more water resistance. You know, he, he knows what he's talking about when he comes to that space. And he kind of just said, you know what? I can do it. Watch this. And spec monster indeed and you'd even do reveal the best thing, which is that price. Well, I didn't get a chance yet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't let you finish your, your <laughs> monologue. I was trying to contribute. <laughs> so yeah, the, the most important part is that the Swatch comes for $299 US dollars. It's a really, really good price. And it definitely is a great alternative for the watch that we we're discussing on this episode. Yeah. And cheaper. Yeah, exactly. I think you could get close to two of those. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah. So go support uh, a lot of different color options. Yep. Also, uh, this one is pretty much like it comes with all the traditional color choices, but then also offers you a lot of like interesting, creative, like really colorful, like yellow, I think orange. And uh, I can't remember exactly what the number of colors, but it's like, I think there's like 10 different variations at least. Right. But yeah, everybody will, we'll put a link in our uh, notes. You'll, anybody who's interested can go and find, but anyways, everybody knows Jody who's listening to watch podcasts. So just uh, type in Jody Erebus and then you'll find it. J-O-D-Y for anyone wondering. Very good. My first watch, Baltic's at it again. People who know Baltic, they are a French independent brand. I'm not going to call them micro brand. They've skyrocketed since the like in the last four or five years. They're now upwards making 40, 40, 000, 40 plus thousand watches a year, even more maybe. That's a lot. They introduced a new um, watch. I would call it a explorer type field watch. It's called the Hermetic Tourer, Tourer, Tourer Collection. It's an adventure focused watch. So the proportions are distinctly vintage, as all of Baltic's watches are. It shares a lot of its styling with the IWC Hermet case from the 1940s. And you can tell that they're kind of inspiring themselves from that in the name Hermetic Tourer. When you look at this watch, they have four different colors. There's a green, a blue, a brown, and a cream. The first thing I noticed 
there was no um, black dial, which was something that was a little bit odd to me uh, when they came out to it, but I'm sure they have probably that around the corner. So what do we have here? The Tourard is 37 millimeter time only watch measuring 47 millimeter lug to lug. So it's a little bit longer in the lug to lug, very smaller watch, very svelte, 10.8 millimeter thick, a lot like the Aquascaf that they had. This includes the heavily domed sapphire crystal, 150 meters of water resistance, making it a great explorer watch. And they have those two bracelets that you can wear on it, which is like a flat link and the other one's like a beads of rice. I, I like the beads of rice more. It gives a better appeal to that vintage look to me. Comes in, keeping it slim is that Miyota 9039. So four hertz, 10 to uh, minus 10 to plus 30 seconds a day 42 hours of power reserve so the dials are just absolutely beautiful to this watch they have like syringe hands they have a 12 3 6 9 they um it looks like they have ceramic loom blocks and they have this like black ring or they have this like ring um around the dial to contrast like a black ring that contrasts uh, the color of, of each dial. So if you go to that beige, you really do see the contrast and that brown, it kind of melts in a little bit more, but just the right level of contrast. I think it's a really interesting watch that they came out with. I love that the crown is recessed into the case. So you really can't, uh, it really just feels smooth, which is a very nice touch. And uh, gosh, God, this watch is like 630 euros on the bracelet only. It's very, very good price. Again, when you think of a Rolex Explorer, it's a really good alternative for the same price as you would pay to get your Rolex serviced. Yeah, good on Baltic. I look forward to seeing them uh, come out with some some more options, but especially one in black. If they had this one in black, it would, I would really like it. And I'm wondering, Dimitri, do you think they didn't release a black one because it would look too much like an Explorer on the first shot? I don't know. And I'm very surprised. That's the one thing that I'm really surprised about is that they don't have a more traditional colored version. Yeah. Like black or like a dark gray would be super nice on this watch, I think. Yeah. Even even like a white version would be great. Absolutely. And then they opted for green, blue, like beige and some sort of like a... Uh, oh, yeah. Like a not a burgundy, but like a, like a brown one. Nice watch. Very, very different than what we have from other independents. I can't even compare it to anything right now. I think it's a... It's a nicely designed, like a uh, spec monster. 150 meters of water resistance is, 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 is ridiculous. You're set. No need for anything yeah, else. Much. Very good. What's next? So mine has just updated their Skymaster. It's MK3 right now, version 3. There are two different uh, variations of this watch, the MCR and MCT. One of them has the 24-hour uh, bezel. The other one has the, the tachymeter bezel. So why this is cool, like we've been fans of mine. I, I am particularly a big fan of mine. Now this one is the 35 millimeter case. The This version comes with a um, Celita SW510 top grade with 63 hours of power reserve, 10 atmospheres of water resistance. You can get it on a variety of different options. Uh, let's say you can get it on a bracelet, on different other straps. The watch is, I, th I would say, only 15.95 euros at launch, 16.75 regular price, so it's basically 2,200 uh, Canadian dollars. The specs are pretty good in terms of shape, despite the fact that it's an automatic chronograph. This one is only 13.4 thick, which to me is fucking awesome. Very, very, very cool release by mine, as usual. There are multiple different car variations. All of them are interesting. I think there are four in each version. So one version is the the twenty four hour bezel. The other one is the tachymeter one. Each of them is super nice. Uh, yeah, they have the panda, the evil panda as well. A box shaped dome sapphire. Another awesome release by mine. Good update of the version. I think the previous one was a bit thicker, so this one is more wearable. Again, the thirty eight millimeter chronograph. That's it's it's an awesome size for a chrono. Very, very cool. Especially if you're going with those vintage cues. It makes me think of the price point of what you can get from Gina, which is the German brand that we had reviewed a while back. At approximately the same price, you can get the the, the pilot officer. In this one, I think it is a great uh, improvement to their to their last watch. It gives a good vintage aesthetic. And anyone who wants those uh, tri-compact uh, those tri-compact chronographs with the panda and evil panda, I think it's a good alternative. I would say, like in its category. I guess the Hamilton uh, khaki field chrono or the khaki chronograph. Uh, mm -hmm. That's um, auto chrono. Uh, that that yeah uh, yeah looks very similar to it. M more expensive. I think you can get it at around that that price on the gray market. But 
I think that's those are the kind of competitors of what you're looking for in that market. Mayan offers you though, I think this Salida SW510, was it or 500? 510. 510, so it's manual wind. So it probably is, that's why it's on the thinner side. Is the 510 manually wind? Yeah, uh, I think that's what they put things. in the Salida the SW510 is also what's Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's it's also what's in the, the Hanhard 417 ES. Yeah, that's, that's what, that one is a good, I would say. Uh, US, so much yeah, more expensive. I would say this one is a good comparison to like other independents like the Nevada Gretchen, the uh, Chrono Master. Yep. Which kind of goes for the similar price. Even the yep. Olek and Weiss. Yeah. But but still more affordable. The Baltic, which we just talked about, tri-compacts, chronograph is, is about 2,000 US dollars. I think 2,000 US, not 2,000 Canadian. No, it can't be 2,000 Canadian. I'm pretty sure it's 2,000 US dollars. Speaking of thick, <laughs> Longines came out. Thick with two Cs? Oh, yeah. Longines came out with the new Spirit Flyback Titanium. Everything about this watch sounds great. The Spirit line, killer for Longines. The flyback function, which is amazing for any pilot's chronograph to be able to... And what it means is that once you engage the chronograph, you're able to reset it without having to first stop the chronograph function. So it allows you to immediately start your chronograph over again. And then it also is in titanium, which makes it ultra light on the wrist. So what's interesting, I was reading a bunch of articles about this watch. I'm like, God, it looks good. Everything is great. Exposed case back of titanium with those familiar specs. It essentially has a ETA 7753 column wheel flyback module and chronometer certification. I don't know if you heard all that, but that is an incredible movement. The L791.4 column wheel. And what does column wheel mean in a chronograph, guys, is that when you depress the chronograph, the column wheel will ensure that the when it starts to, to engage that there's not, sometimes it sticks in the clutch and then you sometimes get like, not a lag, but the precision is not as good as what a column wheel can offer. A flyback module in the Swiss movement and finally chronometer certification grade accuracy, a power reserve of 68 hours. So it's good for the weekend. It comes 42 millimeters in diameter, which is great. 49 millimeters lug to lug, right under 50 and 22 millimeters on the bracelet. It also comes on a gray NATO with a titanium push buckle. It's interesting. One thing I didn't mention was the thickness because they kind of, everything was kind of real. I was like, what's the thickness on this? 17 millimeters. Oof. And maybe they can get away with that. Maybe they can get away with it when it comes to um, it being titanium. I do like their spirit titanium pioneer so it's like that black one that we saw it it was like a gunmetal gray titanium with a green accents and a black dial this thing is 100 meters of water resistance a few weeks ago i talked about maybe the omega that i was meant to go by which was that planet ocean chronograph that thing's 18 millimeters thick and has 600 meters of water resistance no i think it had more than 600 yeah i think it's 600 meters of water resistance so yeah that's what i'm thinking there and i why the hell is it so thick i don't know there's no excuse to make it that thick. The water resistance doesn't warrant it. Yeah, I, don't, I really don't understand. Like, you know, talking to Thomas van Straten from VPC, mostly, most importantly is that you make sure, you have to make sure that you, first of all, you fit the movement inside the watch. And also if you want to, let's say, have a certain water resistance, That's what that is also something that increases the thickness of the watch, right? Right. But then you look at this and 17 is, like you said, it's, Almost as much as a planet ocean that has like 600 meters of water resistance. You yeah. know the the swatch movements don't need to be don't need don't require cases this thick. And the 100 oh, meters of water resistance also does not that much. It's almost <laughs> as if they didn't spend enough time to find ways to make it thinner. It's kind of like hey, I'll just put it in the case and. I I just wonder if someone mentions it's like yeah we'll do 17 people are like yeah okay cool no one's like uh. Anyway, it's a beautiful watch. It's, it's really good, but damn, it's thick. And the only yeah, thing it's that can three quarters of an inch thick. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that can make it accept, and it's not doesn't even look like it has massive sapphire crystal. The only thing that can make it probably fly, no pun intended, is like back, back, back to the drawing board. <laughs> exactly. I think is the fact it's titanium. It's the only thing that can maybe help it get away with it. But the whole carbon, that whole ceramic plant notion that had the, the blue indices, very like IWC uh, Mercedes colorway there, but lighter blue, more blue. 
that thing's 18 millimeters thick with a 600 meters water resistance and is a chronograph. So maybe not a flyback, but yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a pretty watch, right? From all the pictures that you see, very. it's a nice uh, open case back as well. It's a very pretty watch, but they don't have pictures from the side. The side, hell no. <laughs> yeah, that's not a selling point. No, man, you can't wear it with this with a NATO. So if you wear this with a NATO, it's going to be over 20 millimeters thick. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot. All right. What's next? I have one more, and this is a brand that we all know, but we don't really we haven't we don't really talked much about this on the podcast. This Walder and Co. This brand has been around since 2012. Started by three brothers, Michael, Andreas, and Johan Christensen, uh, from Sweden, and they have a lot of inspiration of their watches from like Italy specifically. Now, this watch is like a dress watch they just released called the Continual 39 Amalfi. Why I think it's cool? It's because as usual, uh, it kind of blends together the minimalism that is very common for northern, maybe Scandinavian countries, together with the style and design of, let's say, Italian inspiration that they, that they named this uh, watch after. This new release um, features white Roman numerals set against a jet black background, leaf-shaped hands, Miota 1993 caliber, Sapphire crystal uh, case back, four hertz, forty-two hours. It is thirty-nine millimeter case, three-one-six L steel. Very nicely done. Very pretty. Comes on two different strap options. One of them is a, a Milanese mesh bracelet. The other one is a nice like black leather strap. Both of those are really, really pretty. I think executions. I'd never seen those watches in person, but. I think for someone who is looking to buy a watch that's under $1,000 Canadian, that's exactly 659 euros right now, it's a beautiful, beautiful dress watch. Um, again, we'll put uh, links in our uh, show notes, but uh, everybody go check out Walder. What they're doing is pretty cool. I'll tell you what's weird about this watch to me, and I wish they had done two things. The first thing is, I hate the name Continual. I don't like that. The movement is poorly finished. They could have done something on it. If not, close the case back. You don't have to put a case back. It's not a particularly good-looking movement. I don't think it needed to be to be open. They wanted to go, I think, with a vintage feel. The only reason being, they put sapphire on the back and mineral crystal on the front. Why would you cheap out and put sapphire on the back and not on the on the on the? It's the K shape. Oh, sorry, it's, I think it's the shape that allows to do to to have that let's say to have that vintage shape of the of the, to have the crystal case, raised. You, you can have do to, with sapphire, yeah, for sure. Perhaps not. Maybe for the same price. I, I perhaps don't know. not for a, the same. Not price. a doctor. But yeah, so that's the, that's what I saw there. Hundred meters of water resistance. I get it. But the sapphire case back. And it's funny, they put like transparent in a... <laughs> yeah, I know what that means. It's probably easy to do because it's a flat sapphire crystal in the back. Oh yeah, for sure it is, yeah. But I really do, like, it's just... Yeah, I would have those questions for them. And yeah, I would have closed the case back. I don't need to see... The movement's not particularly good looking. That The Miyota, unless they finish it, or they did something with the rotor, right? That's not that expensive, I'm sure, to... Even if it was a little bit more to to make a rotor. That's That's my only critique with the watch. Otherwise, it's a very, very beautiful watch. I actually prefer it on the leather strap over the steel. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, the lizard. The, the steel just, one looks pretty cool. Yeah. Well executed, track yeah. on the dial, but yeah, I think it's very, very nice. I wish I could see in it in terms person. of finishing, um, yeah, you can, let's say, like looking at the recent releases from, well, actually, no, sorry, I was going to say from uh, my end, but yeah, I can guess, you can get a, you can get a Baltic with the micro rotor, that, but that's just insane. And I think that one is like a thousand bucks about, right? Uh, I think it was like 600 euros. Okay, so yeah, that's that's very similar because this one is yeah. 159 euros. Yeah, exactly. And that one is my finishing crazy. Down, however, get like numerals. Yeah, it's tough. However, that one has a Chinese movement. Yeah. Whereas this one is a Japanese. I don't know if that's. Yeah. Well, yeah. What I, you're I, saying, it, Chinese it's a valid are, point. But Chinese or not, the thing is, is that that micro rotor movement. How serviceable is it? Forget that it's from China. It's hard to get pieces probably for that movement. It's not, you go to your movement maker and be like, what is this? I've never worked on this. But a Miyota 9039, like, no problem. Yeah. Not that they can't work on the Chinese one, but it's like, oh, you brought me a Chinese micro rotor. Even if you bring them like a Chinese tourbillon, they'd be like, I can't work on this. What the fuck? Like, no. Disposable. Yeah. 
Exactly. Disposable Chinese tourbillon. <laughs> I've never heard that in the same <laughs> sentence. Uh, facts. All right. Now, let's um, go to another one. Dimitri's favorite watch brand story. Which is? Unimatic. Oh, yeah. Two friends decided to start a watch brand. And um, yeah, so what did they do? Unimatic is back. I should have worn my Unimatic tonight. I have the one that they did a collaboration with, with uh, Revolution. Uh, but now they've come back with two model, Modelo Uno, which is their first model. It's their traditional looking mills. Oh, is it? Is it uh, Modelo Uno is the, the first mm, model? That's okay. what it says. Uh, <laughs> the new uh, Modelo Uno, the U1S PD5. Uh, they have the U1S PD3 and the U1S PD5. Uh, they take water resistance up a notch for both of these watches and they add ceramic bezels. These watches always came in very industrial, minimalist looking from the uh, from this Italian micro brand. The two um, creators of this brand have a background specifically in uh, industrial design. And it really does translate into the, say, design language of uh, the watches themselves. So they kind of like at first glance, you'll look at them and say, oh, they look like other how can I say, uh, unimatic watches within this line, but they have a lot of new details to it. And I wish I'd read about this watch or I, this watch had come out when we did the last episode because that, you know, when I was talking about the Tudor FXD, or if you look at the Tudor Pelagos, this is a good looking alternative to it as well. Now that it's been up to 500 meters of water resistance, uh, like the other Tudor that uh, runs for, what, 6,000? Now they're up to 500 meters of water resistance. They have a lume-infused ceramic bezel inserts. Let's go into the details. The UNSP D3, 40-millimeter case, a bezel that is 41.5 millimeters diameter. The cases are at 11.6 millimeters thick. 11.6 millimeters thick for the PD3 and 12 millimeters thick for the PD5. So the case size, I said, sorry, PD3, 40, PD5, 41.5. They're both uh, the PD3, 11.6, PD5, 12. Both have 49 millimeter lug to lug, 22 millimeter spacing. The PD3 has 300 meters of water resistance. The PD5 now is up to 500 meters of water resistance. The difference between both of them you can see is that the sapphire crystal for the PD5 is three millimeter stick instead of the 2.5 millimeter stick. So you go, okay, but it does give it a more raised look. They have a new crown tube that features a double, ring o -ring, a double rubber O-ring mechanism to effectively prevent from water from entering the case. So, and they have ceramic bezels, as I said before. Nice little touch on the dial. They write uh, feet as well. So it's 500 meters and then 1666 feet. And I like it when they actually get it correct, as opposed to writing, you know, sometimes they write... Rounding it up, yeah, yeah. Or down. Exactly. Um, Giovanni Moro, Simone Nun um, Nunziato, I, I had mentioned before, very nice release and what's new about these watches is that um they recently never had bracelets for their watches and they recently came out with a bracelet this watches can also come with a bracelet so you really just um, um you know round out this watch to have everything uh, for it going on for it um they're both powered by Salida sw201 so very standard and they're priced for 1100 euros for the PD3 and 1200 euros for the PD5. So they'll be making runs of 500 at a shot. Uh, get yours if you want. But um, I think that they're they're really quite a, a nice step for them. Not that they needed to compete, but I think that Pelagos 42. This is a really good alternative, and and not by the specs. I think by the look as well. I think it, it has a a, 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 a a semblance to that Tudor Pelago. So it could be something that a lot of people may gravitate towards if they wanted um, a brushed Thule 500-meter functional diver. The very, very, very over-engineered like Thule watches. Yeah. Very cool. I'm curious to see the bracelets. And you also, well, you have one, and then they ship you those watches in like crazy presentation boxes. Yeah. They put it in like it's um, like, uh, like pelican cases. Very, very cool. Very good. So does Squally, by the way. Squally delivers their watches in a like a model one at the Maria Militare, the um, 
the the blue one it, it has like 1200 meters water resistance that one comes in like a a, a pelican case does that case itself have does it have like a water resistance on its own is it some is it does it have any rating let's say for uh, some, not as much as the watch you know, standing certain hits <laughs> Probably, the watch is yeah. watch is twelve hundred meters of water resistance at a helium escape valve, so I don't think that yeah. case has that. All right, let's get into the meat of the subject. Let's do it. So we wanted to talk about some alternatives to the <laughs> the swatch, um, blanc pain, swatch pain, swatch pain, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I had four alternatives or three, four. The first alternative I went with. Is if you wanted to get it because of the lineage and the history of Blancpain, I'm like, don't get that, get this instead. That was my first one. And I can go right in, I'll dive right in for uh, this story. So I went with a Bulova. So Bulova um, has a long history in dive watches. Most collectors probably don't know their involvement. The brand started to make dive watches in 1961. They were late to the game because they had Blancpain, Omega, and Rolex came out in 53. But they weren't that late. The Japanese were just coming on, you know, just coming on stream with their dive watches. Citizen had the Para Water in 1959, which wasn't technically a dive watch, but the first water resistance watch that was made in Japan. And it was Seiko who had the first dive watch uh, to 150 meters with the 6217, the 62 mass in 1965. Citizen follows suit with the auto dater 200 meters and a special edition of the Parawater rated to 200 meters that was also known as a skin diver for a little while away. Citizen is the current owner of the Bulova brand. People may know that. Not at that time. They were their own company. They introduced their first dive watch in 1961, um, but had made their compressor case, which was supplied by a Swiss company, Irvin Piquerez Essay. So this case style use was used by several watch companies in the 60s, which designed to seal more tightly as washer pressure increased. This is those, those great um, compressor, uh, spring compressor uh, watches. So Bulova was able to push the limits to 666 feet, 203 meters. And, the re- and so that's why it's often called the devil diver, because it goes down 666 feet. So recently... In the, I can't remember, it's been years now, in the last few, um, I could say four or five years, they came out with a revamped Bulova Oceanographer. They don't call it the Devil Diver, but it's still written automatic and it says snorkel 666 feet. It is a case that is ISO rated to 200 meters. The case is 41 millimeters in diameter. And the one I'm talking about here is the 96B350 in the Bulova's Men Archive series. The hands are large arrow shaped you have each indice is like a loom block into itself and from the zero to the 15 uh, minute marker on the bezel you have a different uh, color uh, ways to understand that you're in your final 15 minutes of your dive with oxygen this watch comes with a date has a magnifier that is built within the glass it is a blue anti-reflective coating uh, the watch is equipped with a rubber silicon strap, specifically in this one, a Miyota 821D-21B, which unlike the Swatch System 51 movement, is serviceable. 21,600 beats per hour with an autonomy of 42 hours. Typical horse movement, very uh, affordable as well. I've seen this watch go for as little as 500 Canadian dollars on Amazon. Very good option. Very beautiful watch as well. I would get this in my collection. I think. Yeah, yeah. And this one is the 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 one the orange. You can version, get the right? orange. Yeah, the there's a green one as well. There is, um, yeah. but I think the green one is 44 millimeters in diameter. This one is 41. So it's a little bit more. So something for everybody. But the cushion case, because it's short lug to lug, doesn't sit all that much bigger. Yeah, exactly. It's a very cool watch. We talked about it. I before, have talked about it before. Yeah. But at this price, and, it's very, so you're looking at history. Nice this might be one that you can look at as well uh, as an option. That's my first alternative to the Swatch. All right, that's very good. I kind of went. Well, I, I think I have one uh, one watch brand that's that has history in specifically making diver watches. But I uh, I'll I'll go from a different direction first. Tell us the why. So this first one is a. A brand called the Helm, which you've mentioned earlier in the show. You went with them, nice. They are pretty recent. They've only started in 2014 and they're based out of Hong Kong. They specialize on robust and affordable 
diver watches, and a lot of their models are named after specific islands around the, the Pacific Ocean that's, let's say, near Japan and China and Hong Kong. Their first model was Vanuatu, which is what you mentioned. Except you said it uh, correctly. It's nice I called it the Vanuatu. You said the Vanuatu, but you, oh. I said it poorly. That is right. It's yeah. what Dimitri said. It's, it's an, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's that's an island, yeah. And, you know, that's that's a it's a very cool offering as well, and it's very similar to the one that I want to talk about. But this one is the one called Miyako, which is a $375 watch, which is if you want something that looks like a, a 50 fathoms, meaning it's a diver watch that has a, a, a car tire as a bezel, then this is that because it has the same exact car tire. What what impresses me about this brand is that they, like that's their motto, is to make robust spec monsters for a very, very affordable price. If you look at, this, at the specs of this, it's pretty crazy. It is. This one is a 200 meter Atom, uh, water resistance automatic watch with an ISO certification. It has a Mayora 9000-9015 automatic mechanical movement, 4 hertz, 42 hours of power reserve, dimensions of 40 millimeters, lag to lag is 47, 22 lag width, and 13.75 thickness, including the domed crystal. It comes with polished uh, case and bracelet. You can get multiple different versions. I think if you are getting a bracelet, you can also get a strap included in the uh, with the watch. What else is there? That's it's a unidirectional 120 click bezel, removable. By the way, yeah, it has a date window at uh, four o'clock. It the shape of sorry the, the the dial design is very interesting in itself because it features almost like a sub dial or. What do you call a sector dial? That's uh, I don't know how to take. There's just the middle part of the dial has a very distinct, different shape with the yeah. texture. But all of that for 375 US dollars, right? It's 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 well under even the that 50 atoms with the disposable movement. When you look at Helm and you go to watch you seek, just look up any forum, any forum for any watch under 400, 500 dollars, micro brand, whatever, they come up as like the best of it. I think the one thing it has in common with that Swatch right now is that you can't get this watch. You have to sign up. They go for sale very fast. They're super well regarded. They're loved in the community and they are spec monsters. And the first thing I said when you sent that Jody watch was I'm like, gosh, he looks just like this one. And Jody, not telling a lie, I've been following him for years. He often uses them as a reference point of how good the quality of this watch is. You, hell, just look up Jody and write Helm and watch his review on it. It's overwhelmingly positive, yeah. everyone, what they see about this watch. It's great. Yeah, and I, I think just like a, uh, an honorable mention, didn't go for that brand, but it's another independent brand that we talked about before. We were very surprised. I was very surprised about the quality of the Nodus. Yeah. If you can go for one of them, they don't really have anything that kind of looks similar to what a blank paid 50 Fathoms is, so I kind of skipped them. But I, you know, they are also in that specific market segment of affordable, affordable. but like extremely well-built things. And you know this, right, Dimitri? I, I do. <laughs> what is next? I'm going to keep going with Baltic. So, uh oh, yeah. If you wanted a 50 fathom, which comes to being a vintage site diver, I went with Baltic because what they do is that they're they're relatively young as a brand, but their entire mantra is to pay homage to classic designs of the mid 20th century. I don't need to go through all the details of. Um, of the watch in itself, but I because I talked about them last week with the bronze, but the Aquascaf is the watch that I would go with as an alternative. The Aquascaf, I'm just going to pull up the nice little specs here for all the listeners out there once again, because we did talk about it last week. But I think what the charm that the Aquascaf can give you is it really does align so well with um, what the swatch bang or whatever you want to call it can offer from a vintage feel. The Aquascaf Classic emanates that 50s type skin diver. It comes in a very, uh, I'll say, perfect, um, perfectly sized 39 millimeter diameter, 47 millimeter lug to lug, 11 millimeters without the sapphire crystal, 13 with it. So it gives that skin diver effect, 20 millimeters lug width, double dome sapphire crystal, sapphire bezel, sapphire bezel. Listen to this. <laughs> 9039 automatic Miota, 200 meters of water resistance. You can get it in a blue gilt. You can get it in a black cream. You can get into the classic black and silver, which gives it less of the feel. You can get the steel bezel with the 12 hour uh, indicator. Finally, you can get the white polar dial with some cu cutouts. These 
watches to give it the right flair. You, I suggest getting it on the beads of rice bracelet. And then, of course, you can add on tropic straps, which they do quite well uh, to give it that proper feel. No crown guards, real skin diver look here. The dial, I think, is even it, uh, the dial is cut out uh, so that the indices are well plotted. Uh, this watch is a beautiful watch, very easy. And uh, for the price at 580 euros, taxes, uh, that's without VAT, right? So if you're, if you're European, it's going to be plus VAT or you're going to pay taxes when you ship it. The watch is well within the price of what we're seeing here for the, the um, Swatch Blancpain. Um, and significantly better water resistance. Maybe it doesn't have the brand power, but it definitely has that vintage look if that's what you're into. And that's why I kind of wanted to to jump into this as a great alternative to get. Yeah, and then you, you said the brown power, and that's something to me that is why I hate that watch being priced so highly. Yeah. Because it's, like I, I was thinking about it today when I was preparing for this, it's like if somebody just takes a garbage bag and, you know, snaps the word Gucci on it, it's not worth 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> but someone may buy it, Anybody, unfortunately. Like, sure, it says black pain on the watch, but it's just so not worth the money you're paying for it. I agree. Where you can get so much more stuff and like like the stuff that you were just mentioning, it's just, it, can't, it, it doesn't even compare. The other brand I have, it's also similarly to the previous one, similarly to Helm, it's also another brand from uh, Hong Kong, also relatively new, and also something that Jody occasionally mentions on his show. So this one is Phoebus. They've started in 2016. The name Phoebus itself comes from an ancient Greek uh, mythology. It means bright or shining. Uh, Phoebus was one of the epithets of Apollo, the god of light and the sun. So they specialize in dive watches also. And again, they, they are kind of aiming to make really, really spec monsters for a very, very affordable price. Now, this watch is called Phoebus Wavemaster PY010CR 300 meter. Mm. The difference is, I think, it's comparable to the Helm, I think. The main differences here is that it gets slightly more water resistance. It gets 300 meter water resistance. But at the same time, they, they, you get a downgraded movement. You get the Seiko NH35A. Everything else is pretty much the same. And I think the price is also very similar within 300 US dollars. Right. You get the 42 millimeter case, 14 millimeter thickness, 120 click unidirectional uh, ceramic bezel, screw down crown, super luminova, two year warranty, made in Hong Kong. Very good. They are, I think, a lot more well known in the in the let's say in the Asian yeah. part of the world. So like uh, all of the uh, uh, like Australia, where is Jody is, and I'm sure uh, Japan, China, and Hong Kong, obviously, not as much here. But uh, they have a very distinct logo on their design. It's an octopus. From what I've seen on Jody's channel, because he very often mentions them as well, is that they are also of very, very, very high quality, interesting watches that are doing quite well. So Very cool. My next watch, I went with something to go look, but I really like the look of the Blancpain 50 Fathoms. I really like the look of that Swatch Blancpain. So what can I get instead of that? So what I did, found here was a watch. I was even thinking of a Le Farban Security Mal that I mentioned last week. I'm like, no, I'm going to go with something different. Another one that gets a lot of really just it looks a lot like it is a brand called Spinnaker. Spinnaker, if people don't know, um, belongs to a group of watch brands or a, a conglomerate uh, called Dartmouth Brands. They're from the United Kingdom and they own a couple of other brands other than Spinnaker. There's AV8, which is AVI-8. It's not AVI-8, it's AVI-8. <laughs> like, um, AVI. Yeah. Aviation inspired timepieces, really. So a lot of you'll see a lot of like, oh, this kind of air, this kind of uh, plane, these kinds of things are all inspired based on on the aviation. Thomas Earnshaw, classic vintage inspired uh, watches. Um, obviously, an homage to Thomas Earnshaw, who's an English watchmaker. The last, which are watches uh, that are very rugged industrial design. You'll see a lot of naval maritime themes. And Cursus offers a modern contemporary watch design. Spinnaker has been around for a while. They have a lot of very interesting designs. They have some really cool uh, projects going on. They have a whale sanctuary project where, you know, they're going to donate 5% of net sales to the whale sanctuary project. I really thought it was, you know, to hunt whales and make, you know, 
food, but apparently it's to protect them. So if you're into that sort of thing, they also had watches. Yeah, that's weird. Why would you be into that? (laughs) Then they had something called the Picard, which um, if you saw was a really cool diver because it had 550 meters of water resistance, but it had like a bubble lens which was like a tribute to an ultra engineer specification. It also has an automatically regulated helium escape valve. But you go, okay, well, how crazy is this bubbled lens? The thickness of the watch is 21 millimeters. <laughs> but they were cool because they were 550 bucks. Oh, the, boy. Yeah. It, 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 and it's all for show because we were talking about the Unimatic before. It doesn't look like that. But it's just a... Uh, I think it was really... It's a fun watch. At that price, it's like 500 US dollars. But the one I wanted to talk about, no, it's not the dumbass. It, uh, or Dumas, depends how you look at it. It's the Flaus or the Flus. The Flus is, is I think, the perfect uh, homage to that of, of the Blancpain, especially the Lumber Black. Uh, that one has uh, a really good, I think, nostalgic feel to it. It has 150 meters of water resistance, so really quite similar to that vintage-style diver. Comes on a leather strap. Um, it has a Seiko NH35, 43 millimeters, so right there with La Blancpain, 13 millimeters thick, sapphire crystal coating, unidirectional bezel. Um, it says with hardened glass. I don't know if that, it's not sapphire, the bezel, but it does have a sapphire it's a, look. It's a glass that grew up in the main streets. Of yeah. <laughs> 20 millimeter lug width. So right there in those, those right pro- the proportions look good for that of a Blancpain and that vintage kind of look. Um, and this is a really, uh, I think, affordable, good alternative that's even cheaper at 305 US dollars directly from their site and sometimes even go on sale. Free shipping, two years warranty. Good, good upcoming brand, but uh, definitely a better alternative I see in terms of what uh, you're able to carry here versus that of the the Blancpain, Swatchpain, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, for sure. And like looking at homages specifically, I kind of also searched a little bit on AliExpress. You know, obviously AliExpress has everything, every single brand you can think of. You can get an yeah. homage, let's say. Uh, I've seen a brand that they called Corjo that basically did the one-to-one copy, copy-paste of the 50 Fathoms. You can yeah. get it with an H35 movement for, you know, 135 bucks. I'm not going to go much into the detail because, you know, like the the brand names that they put on those watches are... There are a million different ones, right? It depends. You can go, you, you you can get a 50 Fathoms that has a different brand logo. Right. But I'm going to venture a bit more into the, well, and, sorry, and the reason why I brought it up is because, you know, you, you get that, well, for sure, even from the pictures, you can see that the quality is not very high and it has an H35. It's only 50 meters of water resistance, $135 Canadian, right? And then you look at the Spinnaker that you were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's more expensive. It's more than double the price. It's three hundred US dollars for that watch you were talking about. Yeah, the Flos or Flus automatic, but then it is a whole different level of quality. Yeah, so not not that much more expensive. Obviously, in the nominal price, yeah, for sure, it's more than double, but it's less than two hundred dollars more. Right for the watch, and you are getting a completely different tier of the quality than you say anything on AliExpress. Quick soundbite. If you wanted to go for a more of a well-known, established brand instead of an independent, like that, like another entry from my side is the brand called Victorinox. They're pretty well known. They actually exist for over a hundred years. They started in 1884. They, you know, are very famous for being the brand behind the Swiss Army knife. Eventually, they ventured into watches. I fast forward quite a bit. I fast forward 105 years of their existence into 1989 right away. They expanded their uh, brand by creating similarly very robust, uh, very over-engineered, high-quality pieces. Uh, the watch that I want, want to mention is the Swiss Army Maverick, which was introduced almost right away as soon as the, they started producing watches. It was exemplifying the combination of ruggedness specific to the outdoor activities and, and at the same time being elegant enough that you can wear it in a formal uh, setting. Now, this watch is a 675 Canadian dollar watch. So very similar to what the 50 Fathoms costs. It's a quartz watch that is 43 millimeter in diameter, only 11 millimeters thick. That's why it's because it's quartz. 22 lug width has 10 uh, ATMs or 100 meters of water resistance. Bezel is polished, stainless steel, leather uh, strap. If you are uh, shopping for 
a high quality, very robust watch from a very, very well-known brand that's been in existence for an ex a very significant period of time, I think you can go, you can do no wrong by getting a Victorinox. Because just like their Swiss Army knives, the watches are also carrying that same kind of robustness and utilitarian, well, utilitarian concept as as what their knives are. Right. They are really high quality. Not a, let's say I, I like a lot of some other different versions of their watches. I can't remember what the name is. I think I like the Victorinox Inox. The one that you were talking yeah. about uh, last year or something. That, that was a very cool yeah. watch and it's, it, it is very cool. But if you want to get a nice diver, that's it's quartz, but it's it's a, it's a super high quality, well-built one, that's a an option that you can go for instead of buying that disposable plastic garbage. Absolutely. So I think I'm going to... Is it is it... That was your last one? Uh, well, I, I can do a soundbite, but... Uh, no, I don't want to do a soundbite. I'm just going to do my last one now. Yeah, do, do your last one. And I think okay. this is the one that everyone should go buy while you okay. can still get it. Seiko also has a watch that they call the 55 Fathoms. You can go get it in a variety of colors. They're discontinued. You can find them on eBay. The one I like is the SNZH57. You can also get the SNZH55 if you want a black and white. You can even get it in blue with the SNZH53. The watches are not particularly they're just like the swatch bang because in the sense that they are 100 meters of water resistance so nine meters more than that swatch bang <laughs> and they have the brilliant brilliant look of the uh seiko 55 uh, the 50 fathoms the reason they call it the 55 fathoms is because it's a seiko 5 sports watch <laughs> I, that's the the kind of what it's got in. It has a 7S36B, which is not very good as a as a, it's very basic kind of movement. 40 hours of power reserve with 23 joules written on the watch. 100 meters of water resistance, which is just enough. Hardened mineral hardlex crystals, what they call it at Seiko. A day date that's well centered out. That nice chunkiness to it. Pull push crown. Exposed case back and a bezel that looks just like the 50 Fathoms. So if you wanted the brand name as well, here you go. And they're only going to go with value when they really stop getting, when they run out of them on eBay. I've had a few of these. I want to get, I think, the the gilt one. <laughs> I really want to get that. Put that on a leather is strap. Is it gilt or yellow? <laughs> Whatever, exactly. <laughs> yellow, gold. <laughs> but that is a perfect alternative to what we're talking about here because it looks exactly like it and it carries the moniker yeah. of the 55 fathoms so get that everyone i love the i love that kind of a gimmick right calling it 55 i mean it's 55 yeah. because of the water resistance rating but it, and it is true but it's just funny that it is like oh you know we have we outdid you with more fathoms but it was always <laughs> called the 55 fathoms before this one came out by the way because it's before the 50 fathoms came out 100 uh before the oh. sorry the the swatch bang oh yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly the brand, the, the 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 fans call it, yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool little watch, and I think it's a bit of a departure from, let's say, Seiko divers that we're used to talk about on this podcast, like the SPBs and all, yeah, and the Turtles and the the Willards. Like it's a, I'm I've never been a fan of the fives, the Seiko fives, but uh, depends which one. Some of them are nice, one. but again, great value for money, versatility, a lot yeah. of fun factor, you know. Uh, yeah, we don't even talk about the Seiko 5s, but goddammit, any Seiko 5 is better than the 50 Fathoms watch. Uh, yeah, I think we're trying to go for a look and talk about something that we haven't talked about before. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, my last one, and I also think that everybody should buy that one instead because it combines the qualities of being a very old, reputable brand as well as being super well built of cool materials. This is the brand called Citizen, which we've talked about before in this episode. I think we even did a history lesson. Yes, right? a citizen. we did not. We I haven't done so. Citizen I hope yet. So. I'm not sure. <laughs> As I said, I hope we did it. I was looking at you like, uh, we did it. yes, we did it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we didn't. Maybe, Maybe we, we should. didn't. So Citizen has been around for a very, very long time. It's one of the most famous two Japanese, two most famous Japanese brands ever. They've also existed for 100 years plus. They have a line of watches, very famous, called ProMaster. Uh, while ProMaster, I would say, shape-wise, especially in the Crown Guard location, is slightly bit different. It doesn't really work, I think, together with the 50 Fathoms in terms of designs. The one version they have that kind of 
matches has a more of a historical inspiration to the uh, its design is the Citizen Promaster Challenge Diver 200 meters and this one is titanium the Promaster Marine series it inherited the design of the Challenge Diver released originally in 1977 like there's a there's a almost like a story behind it that there's a legs that in 1983 this watch was recovered from an Australian beach and it was covered in barnacles yeah indicating that it was underwater for multiple years. This Citizen is equipped with the Citizen caliber 9051, which has a magnetic resistance of 16,000 amperes per meter by using materials that are very difficult to be magnetized. The accuracy is minus 10 plus 20 seconds per day. The watch itself is 41 millimeters diameter, 12.3 millimeters thick, 42 hours of power reserve. So like I mentioned in terms of magnetic resistance, they call it anti-magnetic type 2. It has a unidirectional rotating bezel, screw down a crown, luminous hands uh, display, they display at three o'clock. And I think overall it goes for about 600 US dollars. That is like, it's a pretty low watch. I think there's a, is a bit too much of a, let's say Rolex Submariner connection for me because it has the Mercedes hand. Uh, However, maybe back in the day, Mercedes hands were more used among other brands right. than they are now for specific reasons. And I, when I was thinking, I was looking into the history of Submariner and the history of the Mercedes hands, the reason why they started separating, that's not a Mercedes hand. It's just, that's a nickname that they were, that was given. It's the, the reason why that specific shape exists is because there was so much loom on that hour mark that if you didn't create uh, compartments to separate them, it will eventually bleed out and yeah. it will mm-hmm. not kind of maintain yeah. its location. So that's the main reason why they were doing the Mercedes hands. And Mercedes hands is just a nickname. Anyways, I think this is a very cool watch. Divers, divers, diver. So uh, 200 meters, titanium for 600 bucks. Like what, what else nope. do you want? You don't need anything else. That's a really great watch. <laughs> no. <laughs> very good. Those were all alternatives to the blanc pain or the swatch pain or the Swatch Blanc Bain collaboration. Quick soundbite, Dimitri. What's your prediction? What's your next collab going to be with the uh, with the Swatch? I've been thinking about that. Ooh. Let me uh, let me uh, let me think for uh, a second. So, uh, listeners out there, to me, I think they're going to go back to Omega. I think they're going to come out with looking at what they did with the hundred meters of water resistance with the fifty fathoms. I think they're going to do a take on the Seamaster. Yeah, it's possible. It, it sounds like it sounds like a logical choice. But I'm thinking, but if they were not to go with the brand that they already went with, right? Why don't they do a Tissot PRX? Why would you? Exactly. Not expensive enough. Exactly. Not too unattainable. That, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you got to go with something expensive. I don't think Longines is expensive enough. Maybe they'll go with something with Longines, but right. I don't think it's expensive enough to to to. To come out with it, that would that would is, was my guess, and I'd certainly not going to do like look. Do you have Glassu yeah. Original? I don't think they'll touch that. Maybe I don't know. Breguet, <laughs> Daniel Roth, Breguet also no, yeah no. But it, I don't think they will go for a brand that specializes in like highly exquisite dress watches because it's just it's just not that market, right? The market is like bigger diver like rotating bezel watches. How do you make precious materials fun? <laughs> I don't think Glassuit Original is famous enough among, let's say, people that are not into watches, right? Because the names like Blanc Pain and uh, Omega, everybody knows that. Uh, that's just my perception. Not sure if we knew Blanc Pain. Not sure if we knew Blanc Pain. Maybe, yeah. It's debatable. Debatable. But fair. Maybe a Hamilton. But I, again, Hamilton is not expensive enough. Price point. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. Seamaster sounds like a logical option. Yeah, I was thinking to go back to this to, to Omega, maybe do. A but which Seamaster do you think, the three hundred M or one of the other ones? I think a Seamaster three hundred M, the James Bond one. Oof, that could be popular. <laughs> yeah, I think they could go that route. Except you don't need a helium escape valve, so we'll see. I don't know. Neither does uh, Blanc Pain need to be a plastic wash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that was our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what your affordable alternatives are or alternatives to, or I don't know, comparisons or why you wouldn't buy the, the Swatch Blanc Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you like our podcast, please make sure to like and subscribe. 
You can find us on Instagram at BigBlackClockWatch and through email at info at BigBlackClock.Watch. Happy hunting, and we will see you on the next episode.